You're listening to the Brave to Believe Baseball Podcast. All right, you guys, let's listen up. Episode 29 of the Brave to Believe Baseball Podcast. We've had technical issues, and basically this just sums up the week. As a Mets fan, Bryce, we had secured our manager. We were gung-ho for 2020, and then somehow, in typical Mets fashion, it all falls apart. How are you doing this week? Not too bad, uh, all things considered. Uh, I would say that the Mets week this week has been much like our preparation for this podcast. You have the best of intentions, and then you actually sit down and get ready to start everything, and it all just kind of goes to hell. So... We're going to do the best with what we can, just like the Mets, and hopefully we can recap all of the craziness craziness that's been going on and make it uh, a little more palatable and uh, hopefully put a positive spin on it somehow. This obviously will be more Mets-focused due to the nature of of the events this week and the the biggest story going on in the sports world, really, because it's fairly quiet everywhere else. Um, Before we move on to those happenings, do you want to briefly touch on the fact, unless you're living on a rock, you probably didn't hear this either, that as we discussed last week on the episode, uh, Josh Donaldson, he did sign, um, but it wasn't with the team you were probably hoping for. Josh Donaldson is now a Minnesota twin. Just give me your brief thoughts uh, when you heard the news. The money, the years, probably happy the Braves stayed away from that length of a contract, but just, just give me your thoughts. Uh, who, who's this? Who's, who's that? Who are we talking about now? That's, uh, it's, was not a huge surprise that Donaldson wound up going to Minnesota. They were one of the lead suitors, uh, in the most, uh, you know, the recent months since things have sort of been picking up a little bit. Teams have dropped out and picked and some have jumped in. I always thought that maybe the twins would be the, the leading candidate just because he fits really well into their offense goes to American League team he can DH a little bit and really be able to maximize his health and they can get the most out of him in that uh, especially a four-year contract being that he's in the American League I will be sad to see him go I'm not devastated that we don't have him under contract for four years I thought the money was reasonable for what you're paying him but with the Braves roster and with the length of the contract, I just think that you have some options that you can give you some directions to go until you find an alternative. It doesn't. It wasn't. It would have been nice to have him back, but it wasn't do or die with Donaldson. So we will adjust. As of now, nothing really on the horizon. You're going into spring training with Johan Camargo and Austin Riley, probably going to battle it out, and that will be who's starting the year. I highly doubt that will be either one of them that ends the year at third base. Uh, I just foresee the Braves making a move of some sort, and it, it could even be in the outfield or something to, to make up for the loss of the bat. They're going to have to do something. It's too giant of a hole that's left in the lineup. But Braves are going to have to adjust, and I trust in Anthopolis to, to make the right decision, even when we give him uh, 
give him a little bit of grief for for missing out on some some key free agents and stuff. He still always manages to come through. So I'm still in a positive state of mind at this point. Well, just to add on to that, I guess this is the best, most positive news as a Mets fan. Donaldson just destroyed the Mets last year. So super happy to get him out of the division, and we won't have to see him on a regular basis. Uh, you touched on my, my question I was going to have after this signing was made, and it was basically kind of said that they have the – you know, the battle at third base, then the attention maybe turns to uh, Castellanos. Uh, but more, from what I've heard, more uh, focus possibly on Marcelo Zuna. I know you're kind of mixed on both of those guys, but as you said, you need another bat in that lineup. Yeah, you're right. And Ozuna, I think, makes the most sense. He is a guy that you could possibly plug in with, with the quality of outfield that you have. Ozuna's not a horrendous outfielder, but he's not good by any means. He is uh, he's getting a little bit older as well. The speed's not quite what it once was, but you could cancel that out with uh, NCRT out there and Acuna, especially at the beginning of the year. So he's definitely an option, but the contract, I just don't know if it's going to make sense. I know he's looking for multiple years. The Braves aren't going to want to do anything more than a year, and I I wouldn't I would just I would hope that if we're going to bring him in, it's going to be under the right circumstances. For Nicholas Castellanos or Nick Castellanos, there are no correct circumstances. I do not like him, uh, especially defensively. I think that he's a major, major liability. He uh, played really well with the Cubs last year after he jumped ship over there for uh, in a trade. But I just don't foresee him continuing that kind of production uh, for the Braves. And and I I'm just not crazy about having that much of a a, a person in the outfield that's going to to not be able to to cover enough ground to make you feel comfortable out there, especially in big situations throughout the year. So that kind of sums up that situation. Uh, the only other thing we'll briefly touch on with the Braves, there was the announcement, which if there was ever going to be a time for the announcement, it was this week because everything, the the other news that broke kind of just covered this up. And most uh, it's strange to see most Braves fans in agreement, the new name of SunTrust Park has been renamed it's hard to even just say this is just a garbage, probably the worst name in baseball right now. Truest Park, is that correct? Yes. I know my feelings, it sounds like garbage. It's a fine name for a bank, terrible name for a baseball stadium. I feel like you're going to agree. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I know that there's a, a sentiment that the ballpark name doesn't really matter that much. And while that's correct, it doesn't really have an effect on anything. We can still all agree that it's an absolutely horrendous name. I understand why they did it. Uh, I mean, you're a, you're, ba- you're a bank paying hundreds of millions of dollars over 20 years to have your name on it. That's what you want. You want the power and the, the advertising power and the marketing power of having your name on a major league ballpark. But it's god-awful. There's nothing good about it whatsoever. At least SunTrust was somewhat more palatable and sounded pleasant, but... Truist is just not good. The I don't, I'm not a big fan of the color scheme. I'm not a big fan of the logo. We're just not going to act like it's just it's just essentially. I always refer to it as the battery, anyways. I, and it's not that doesn't really make sense because it's not the ballpark isn't the battery, but it's, it's you know it's the area outside. But I'll just refer to it as the battery. I don't. It doesn't. I don't. I, I, I'm not going to refer to it as Truist in any circumstance. Something to kind of maybe be uh, soften the blow on that. I did see a picture on Twitter. I don't want to attribute to the wrong person. I thought maybe it was Matt Dyes that posted it of the new spring training park for the Braves. Looks like a very, very nice venue. We can elaborate on that, but do you know, have any other information on that 
right off the top of your head? Nope, I do not. I know that it's supposed to be nice. It is much, much closer to other, the other teams. I think that every uh, team, or the majority of the teams that they're going to play in spring training now are within an hour, uh, whereas when they were at Disney, it was an hour and a half to two hours. So you might actually see some of the regulars play in away games, unlike you saw previously. Uh, so the, uh, the location is supposed to be much, much better. And the park itself is supposed to be great. Uh, in in an area that's not quite as uh, touristy, so you're going to go there to to watch ball games. It's not just going to be, you know, stopping by on the way to Magic Kingdom or whatever it may be. So I, I've heard nothing but great things, but I don't have a, a ton of input on that just yet. Hopefully, get down there to see it someday. So that basically ties a bow on Braves news. They did sign a Danny Hechevarria, however you want to pronounce his last name. That is a solid bench signing. We're not really going to elaborate much on that because we're going to have plenty of time to. Uh, as we said, preview this as spring training draws nearer, unless you want to really elaborate on on that signing. Nope. Pretty excited to have him back. Played well for the Braves last year. And uh, just as a side note, in case you notice, we are using one microphone for this, and we're going back and forth. So if it sounds a little bit different than, uh, than our typical broadcast, that's probably the reason. I'm realizing the lack of upper body strength. Not that I didn't already know that anyways. I am having to move the mic back and forth, and my arms will be numb by the end of this, what will now be for sure an abbreviated episode. Uh, Bryce, if you don't mind, we're going to move over to the news that has captivated the sports and baseball world. And I guess before I get started talking about this, I, do you think this is as big of a story if it happened at a different time other than this dead period, the national championship in football just took place. We're kind of in the middle going leading into the Super Bowl. Baseball hasn't gotten started yet, really, with spring training. This is kind of a, a worst-case scenario for baseball that this is breaking when most other sports are kind of in a dead period. Absolutely. It's a perfect storm of not really much else going on. Uh, I think it's good for baseball that you have eyes on the sport, of course, but – it's sort of a any publicity is good publicity, but in this case, it's really not. It's not doesn't shine a great light on the sport, especially as how deep the roots seem to run in some of this. So, it's a good and bad thing. I can definitely see a little bit of both sides to it. So, just to kind of preface this, uh, we'll run through the background pretty quickly. There is the cheating scandal as far as video stealing signs with the Astros. Also, the Red Sox are being investigated. Well, basically. Major League Baseball handed down the report uh, early this week in which it was all but decided A.J. Hinch was going to be suspended. Jeff Lunau was also going to be suspended. Well, they received suspensions and were then in turn fired by the Houston Astros. Uh, maybe two days later, uh, you knew it was coming. Alex Cora was also let go before the investigation could even come out uh, from MLB on the Red Sox. He was also let go. And I guess even then, I still thought that Beltron had a chance. He was named in the report. He was the only player named in the report. And maybe that was a telltale sign of what, what was to come. The Mets deliberated. Uh, they met with MLB Wednesday morning. And when all was said and done, they just didn't see. Supposedly, both sides felt there was too much there, too much of a distraction. And Carlos Beltran, before managing a single game, is no longer the New York Mets manager. Before we go on kind of with where the Mets go from here and touch on other parts of this story, I think that Beltron's name being in the report was really the nail in the coffin. Do you agree, Bryce? I would say so. Yeah, it seemed that he, even more than, than others, played a pivotal role in this. I think a lot of people see he, he and Cora 
as the uh, the main co-conspirators, I would say, to lead this. And I really think that that's probably the part that doomed him. So the Mets, it's it's not funny, but I guess it is. If you look at it, the Astros get a World Series out of it. The Red Sox get a World Series out of it. The Mets, who are in no way involved whatsoever, are forced with less than three weeks until spring training. They're already having to go under undergo another manager search, hiring their third manager uh, in the last, I guess you would say, 12 months. Uh, counting Mickey Callaway being let go, hiring Beltron now, letting Beltron go. It's it's just a terrible situation to be in. The Red Sox and Astros are, are in the same, uh, similar situation. I guess before we get into the candidates for the Mets job, because that's kind of where we're going to go with this, uh, the most appealing, probably still the Astros, I would say, but maybe the Mets come in second. I don't know that Boston, even though it's a great town, great franchise there, probably the least appealing as far as winning right now. I would agree with that, just because uh, Betts is in the last year of his contract. I would think that this puts the nail in the coffin that he's going to return there. I don't see any way that's happening. They're still over the luxury tax. They're struggling with that to get back under. And there's just a, a, several factors, I think, that that goes into making it the least appealing option. The Astros still have the talent there, and you still have a window open of being able to win uh, you know, a title or two before – all of their contracts run out. You still, it remains to be seen how they're going to replace Garrett Cole's production, but the talent's still there. The Mets are young and upcoming. That there's definitely uh, an appeal there. But I get what you're saying. The Red Sox, it's just, it's not going to be the best situation in the next couple of years, I would say. So if you look at the Mets and where they go, there's already interviews taking place for the Astros job. I know the Red Sox are are in that process as well. I got to think a decision's coming pretty quick because you have a quick turnaround till spring training, unless you're installing somebody in there until you can find your permanent choice. But I mean, people have said bring in Terry Collins until you can act as a placeholder until you can hire a manager. I don't really like that idea. I do like the idea of someone with experience, but who's going to be able to come in? Are they going to hire a whole new staff? I mean, Beltran just got his staff together and they were starting to gel. Are you going to have to let some of those people go? It's just a real mess, and by far, this is why managers don't get hired in January because it creates a huge mess uh, when you're trying to get ready to start the season that you probably want continuation on the staff. I, I just don't know. I don't know where the Mets can turn here as far as what do they do. I think that you have a couple of options, and you have a couple on the staff that could step in and, and have a little bit of continuity, even though most of the guys are new there. I think those wouldn't be bad options. I don't think you can really go wrong. If you can go out and get one of the, the veteran coaches that are still out on the market and bring them in that can deal with some of this, uh, you know, the blowback for the rest of the year, I think that would be fine. I don't think that there's really a way that you can – I would like to say there's not a way you can mess it up, but it's the Mets, so it's pretty easy to imagine there's a way they could. But the the options that you have are not ridiculous. I don't think that you're – with the names that they've already talked about, I don't. I wouldn't – say there's any of those guys that I just wouldn't be able to to put my trust in at least for to begin the year or maybe the entire this just one season well we can always play the game we played when they were hiring Beltran you know what the best choice was I'm going to rattle off names just because I like giving some rapid fire and getting your your response just give me uh eh, sure or what your feelings are overall we'll start with the internal candidates and then move uh to some of the outside guys uh, in-house to me there's only two choices uh, Tony DeFrancesco, I think is his name, just came up from AAA. 
He's now on the staff. Some people have, have brought his name up. But to me, there's two guys on this staff. Um, if you eliminate Terry Collins, who works still with the uh, franchise, it's Hensley Mullins, who was brought from San Francisco to be the bench coach, or Luis Rojas, who is the son of Moises Alou, has been in the organization for many years now in the minor league levels and then was on the uh, major league staff last year. So, Luis Rojas, initial thoughts? Sure. Okay. Uh, Hensley Mullins, more of the same? It's tough to make an assumption about these guys. If you, For a guy that was on the bench for some of Bruce Bochy's prime years, I would trust his judgment. I think that that's a, a very quality background that you're able to bring. And for a guy that's been in the Mets organization, I think that you take the players' input on that one. If the players are, are all for it, uh, maybe you, know, you talk to a David Wright or somebody like that who's been around him. If the players are all for it and they think that he could fit in and the players are going to buy in, go for it. If you need a, you know, a veteran leadership of a guy who's been through everything, then you go with Mullins. So I think you have a couple of good options there. So those are really the internal candidates that I feel have a shot to get this job. If we move to the external candidates, and some of these guys I'm going to throw out, I don't see as a realistic possibility. Um, the first one being that that person, and I don't really want this guy to manage the Mets, and I don't see it really happening, but Dusty Baker? No, thank you. Um, even though a lot of Mets fans want this person, I don't see him as an option either. Buck Showalter? Passable. I think he would be okay, but I don't see it happening. I don't think you're going to be successful, but I don't think that you're going to be a dumpster fire. So, moving on to a few others that I could think of maybe that were on that list – and they're completely escaping me now as I was going to run through some of these candidates. Uh, John Gibbons? No, 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 I'm all right. I think the problem we're going to have as we go through the the people on the outside is just as I said, you have a staff here that you can install Mullins, uh, Hensley Mullins, or um, Luis Rojas, and it's kind of continuity. Things can probably continue the way they're going. They don't have experience. The name that I was omitting, I just forgot, and is probably the most obvious, and a lot of people are in this guy's corner. He finished runner-up to Beltron, and that's Eduardo Perez. Is he still? We've is it confirmed that he's still a candidate? He signed an extension with ESPN, a lucrative deal, but there is an out that if he gets offered a major league uh, managing position or a coaching position, I guess uh, he can get out of that contract. Sure. Yeah, I think if he was your second choice, I think it's logical that you could still bring him in. It's tough with the turnaround that he's going to have to have. Three weeks is not enough. And he's going to have a staff that he didn't choose, which is always difficult. But I would probably – it depends on how much of these guys have actually worked together so far as well, if they have went through off-season workouts, if they're already a little bit comfortable with each other. And I would probably stay internal. But if there's been relatively little of a, uh, you know, environment that's been built so far you might still consider Eduardo but I'd probably still lean internal at this point yeah I think if I was to handicap it and I've seen some of the odds that have been listed out there I think your three guys are Eduardo Perez Hensley Mullins and um, Luis Rojas those are the three that'll probably come down to somebody could come out and surprise you but really I think it's going to come down to those guys and they got to make a decision pretty quick don't you feel like maybe a decision has to be made by the end of next week at the latest Probably, yeah. I think you can't really wait on this one uh, too long before making a move. It's just as close as we are to the season. So uh, we're not going to elaborate too much more. I know this is an, an abbreviated 
episode. We just wanted to get something out to you. We appreciate everybody listening up and uh, downloading, listening to the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you can can get that. And if you can give us a review, tell your friends. You know, give us a like on Facebook. We're out there. Twitter, check us out. And if you want to shoot us an email, you can reach out to us at brave the number two believe pod at gmail.com we will probably be taking about a week off we got some stuff going on uh in the next few days we'll probably catch back up with you the following week and it'll be even closer to spring training so we appreciate you joining us here on this short but sweet episode of the brave to believe baseball podcast and we'll catch you on the flip side see you